City of Heroes podcast, episode 35. Welcome to the City of Heroes podcast, a resource for the casual heroes gamer. Your hosts, Chooch and Viv, are here to explain basic and advanced features of COH, as well as give tips and answer your questions about this great MMO. since this may be your first ever. <laughs> and this is a news slash feature cast. Yeah. What you said. <laughs> and we've got a main feature. Mm-hmm. But first, let's do some business. Okay. As of right now, Troy Hickman's Twilight Guardian contest is still underway at mm-hmm. topcow.com. Go there and vote. Daily. Daily. And... I kind of think that the contest ends on Monday. So Mm -hmm. if you go to the site and can't vote, then thanks anyways. (laughs) It's probably over. (laughs) We're in the home stretch. We need that last push to make Troy number one. Or number two. One or two is fine. We just don't want him to be three or lower. Oh, Because they're doing the the top two. Oh, okay. But he's nervous because he's in second place. And apparently Mm. number three has just gotten a push from somewhere. Oh. So he's, you know, he's nervous. So, and I'm... Let's do our two seconds for Troy daily. (laughs) For Troy. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of contests, we are doing another contest. One that we could not have done without the kindness of others. Contest, contest, contest. <laughs> I like contests. We had so much fun with the Twilight Guardian giveaway and the Plan mm-hmm. for Keeps giveaway. And thanks to the kindness of others, we mm. have another giveaway. You can win one of the Paragon Police Department hard suit costume codes that was yes. given away at PAX, which is the Penny Arcade Expo that was in where? The Pacific Northwest. I think it's in Seattle. Yeah, but that sounds right. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. sure. So we have some to give away, and we tried to think of a different way to do the contest, but we figure, you know, you're busy, so we'll just keep (laughs) keep it simple. It was like, well, we could ask questions, we could do this, we could do that, just have them send an email. Mm -hmm. A listener whose identity that I will protect in case it could get him into trouble, Mm -hmm. he or she, (laughs) he or she, Mm -hmm. picked a couple up for us. Yeah. And our BFF, Cheyenne Wright. Mm-hmm. And I proclaim it to be true, and so it is. <laughs> Cheyenne is our best friend forever. Brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> Spoke to Ex Libris and got some for us to give away also. So we want to say big thanks to Ex Libris. Mm-hmm. We're very excited to have enough to be able to share with our listeners. Yeah. And our unnamed listener for... And so you just have to send us an email to cohpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. The subject line should be PPD costume token. Make sure you put the PPD in there. Don't just use costume token in case we're lucky enough to get others in the future. Mm-hmm. PPD costume or PPD costume token mm-hmm. or PPD costume pimp suit or something (laughs) just make sure it's designated as the ppd costume Mm -hmm. tell us your age we want you to be over 18 just because it seems like the right thing to do (laughs) they always make contest people be over 18 so you too can you think of anything else that we need to include there too because we'll have their email address when they send us the email yeah these are codes it's not something we need to mail out right we don't need we don't need address or any of that so yeah clicky enter (laughs) get yourself a hard suit how long do they have? I say we let it run about three weeks to give everybody time to hear it. Mm-hmm. And as you say, some people don't get to hear the episodes right away or they forget, yeah. you know, so they'll give us a, a time or two to remind folks. Mm-hmm. So that's 
That's chooch fighting for you, guy. I was I was only going <laughs> to let you have two week, two weeks. Man. I was only going to let you guys have two weeks. And, you know, chooch fought for you to get another week. So That's right. Yay, chooch. <laughs> so we're actually going to end the contest at midnight, Saturday night, September 27th, 2008. Okay. Now, which time zone, chooch? Any time zone. Any United <laughs> States time zone. As long as they're time stamp says midnight or before midnight on the september 27th mm-hmm. then you're good yeah because we're gonna get up sunday morning mm-hmm. and we're gonna record yes so we don't be trying to, to pick a name don't be trying to sneak in no 101 a.m <laughs> it's gotta be the 27th so good luck yes and we have to do account we have to check back with that other listener and do a count on the actual number, and we'll tell you that next time. There are multiple tokens. There are so. multiple tokens, yes. We just don't know exactly how many right at this moment because, mm-hmm. you know, fail. <laughs> <laughs> so enter. Send us an email. It's easy and simple. It's going to let you know that the codes are cool because you apply it to your account, and the suit's available for all of your characters under that account. Exactly. And it doesn't expire. Even it's on level one. A, cool costume you get forever on all of your characters yeah it is cool and for anybody going to HeroCon, yeah i really 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 <laughs> need the carney costume code <laughs> it's the bestest costume in the world i may be too weak to podcast if i don't have the carney <laughs> costume code i may sink into such a depression that i may have to stop podcasting <laughs> Beg, beg, plead, plead. <laughs> Slash e wine. <laughs> we love to give some of those away too, because those are the sexiness. Mm-hmm. Now news. Now that I've begged, <laughs> you know my birthday's coming up. It would make a great costume for my listeners. <laughs> it's right around the corner. For reals, now the news. There was a message from Positron mm-hmm. in the City Scoop on August twenty second. Back in the the classifieds kind of yeah. place where they've got all the ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it said, blueprints are ready. The architect has been paid reveals on Tuesday. Ooh. So this was his little hint as to what was coming, which mm-hmm. was the announcement for issue 13. Yes. And then there was a post that Positron did on August 25th in a thread called super Tuesday buzz, which was started by someone and so it was all these people talking about what it could be, what I-13 could be, what could the Tuesday announcement be. And Positron posted, is it Tuesday yet? How about now? Now? Man, this has been <laughs> killing me, which I thought was cute. <laughs> so here we go. They have now announced 13th free expansion. And I'm going to kind of skim through because there's a lot of information here and I'm not going to read word for word. Mm-hmm. So we have the announcement and we have Positron's letter to the players. They say that the character creator set a new standard for player creation and customization, and now I-13 takes another giant step, allowing players to customize their own missions and story arcs to share with the entire COH community. Mm-hmm. Using an intuitive interface similar to the game's detailed character creator, players can create missions from the ground up, determining details ranging from environments, mission objectives, and enemies to written fiction and character dialogue, giving their stories nearly infinite depth and personalization. Among other rewards, authors and architects who create the most extraordinary content will garner acclaim and reputation. Community feedback will be paramount and some missions will elevate in status, unlocking new rewards and benefit their creators. Mm -hmm. And then day jobs, which is offline character progression. Mm -hmm. Scholar, caregiver, city official. Now when players log out of COH, COV, they're just getting started. A character's day job is determined by the actual in-game location from which he or she logs out. If players log out from a university, their day job is considered to be a scholar. If they log out from city hall, they're a city official. The benefits are thematically appropriate to the location. For example, city official earns extra influence. Scholar is granted salvage. Caregiver is granted health regeneration buffs, etc. Once characters have accumulated the required amount of time for each day job, they are rewarded with the appropriate day job badge and title, increasing their earnings for that job. Multiple badges can be combined to unlock accolades and the ability to accumulate additional new rewards. 
Almost every location within Paragon City and the Rogue Isles has an associated day job, resulting in a wide selection of jobs and rewards. That's mm. really interesting for answering the questions that we had about offline rewards. Were they talking right, about right. people were thinking it was accelerated XP, kind of a resting mm -hmm. bonus kind of a thing. This has a really interesting aspect to it, especially considering all the badge hounds out there. Yeah. Also in I-13, we have new power sets. Shields. Have to shield for heroic or villainous ends. Yay. This new power set brings a classic power to COH. Shields. Now you can arm tankers, scrappers, and brutes with a powerful shield to protect themselves and their allies. And also, pain domination. Villains can now bend the power of pain to serve their own ends. Those playing a corrupter or mastermind have access to this new power set. Mm -hmm. The antithesis of the hero healing power set, empathy. Pain domination brings parity between heroes and villains with a distinctively evil flair. <laughs> also, we have new Simarora missions in I-13. New story arcs expand upon the history and the lore and delve into the players and politics of Simarora. Which is cool. I'm glad to have new content there. Mm -hmm. Such a pretty zone. Yeah. The Merit Reward System. A new game system that allows players to earn tokens by completing trials, task forces, strike forces, raids, etc. The most challenging and time-consuming tasks grant the most reward tokens, which can be redeemed throughout hero and villain zones for recipes, enhancements, salvage, costume pieces, badges, inspirations, and other game items. So it's just expanding the Vanguard merits to other things. You know what it kind of makes me think of is sometimes in a mission you'll get a clue, whether it'll be a letter or an item, and you're mm -hmm. like, why do I have these things? Maybe it ties into that. You know what I mean? I'm just saying it sounds to me like it's going to be, it's going to work like the Vanguard yeah. merits. I, it sounds, yeah, definitely, because yeah. those other things you can't do anything with, they just sit mm -hmm. there. At least to my knowledge, I've never found a use for them. <laughs> And then for other features also included in I-13, we have new invention origin sets, new costume sets, a patron power respec, mm. a patron power respec. That's huge. That is huge. The villains have been asking for that forever. Yeah. Also zone refinements and more. Then we have a letter from Posi, and it's called Outlining the Architect. Good morning, players. I wanted to be the first to let you all know that the primary feature list for I-13 is now live. I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you some of the new features more in depth. You know, actually, I am kind of reading this word for word because there's a lot of info. <laughs> I don't want to miss anything. Mm. First off is the issue name Architect. I like the correlation that the name has between some of the improvements we are making to bases in the way new things are purchased for them. Mm-hmm. And to our mission architect feature, players can now be architects of their own story arcs and other players can play. When I first mentioned this system in the fourth anniversary post, I had no idea how wildly popular that single concept would be. The thread that followed that post had a plethora of ideas of how such a system could and should work from a player's perspective. With virtually no information to go on, some people very much underestimated that what it would be possible to do with the mission architect. I should probably take this moment to talk about what the mission architect is not meant for. It is not meant for easy leveling or badging or farming. Those are things that we specifically wanted the mission architect not to do. This may be a disappointment to some, I know. The goal was to give creative minds an outlet to tell the stories they have in their heads. We didn't want the system clogged with farm missions, so actually finding someone's story that they lovingly crafted became more of a chore than it was worth. To that end, the rewards in the mission architect are something we, ahem, discussed with raised voices time and time again. <laughs> how much was too much? How little was too little? What limits needed to be put in place to stop farming? Should we even have such limits, etc.? In the end, we have a system that we believe is the best suited for what mission architect was made for and is not abusable. Time and testing will tell if that is really the case. Um, let's see. Next, day jobs started as a kind of secret identity system, but we wanted to save the term secret identity for a system that fit that name better. Ooh. I know. Am I finally getting it? Not here. <laughs> well, I know. But, but they but I like that they're like. doing a placeholder for that name. Yeah. That gave me a little shiver. One of our earliest episodes, I was saying that a feature that I thought would be really cool yeah. is a secret identity. Yeah. Where it would actually change your name, change yeah. your global. Yeah. 
and give you a, a new set of costumes. Yeah. So you could walk around and you can interact with people, but they're yeah. not going to know who you are. And there are some people that have a secret identity costume slot. They have like their mild-mannered reporter costume. Oh, right. Sure. And then they have all their other superhero costumes. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. some people that work really hard to do that. Mm -hmm. So I, But I to actually have it great. change the name oh, yeah. over your head and everything. I don't see it changing a global. I think that well, would be yeah, a little probably. bit much. But changing, you know, that sort of thing, I think yeah. would be really intriguing. So it's cool <laughs> that they've got that little thought put away. Yeah, interesting. Now back to the post. Day Although jobs. they're probably not going to do what I really wanted, which was when you go to change, that it'd like spawn a phone booth. <laughs> That could be a problem, babe, graphically like speaking. spawn a phone booth and then you change and yeah, come out. Yeah, that might cause some identity. lag or some DCs for people. Maybe not. <laughs> so day jobs works well because it is what your character is doing when not being a hero or a villain. It's their day job. They did make it possible to have your character's day job to be on patrol or committing crimes just in case you couldn't envision your character having a normal life while you're not actively playing them. And then he talks about pain domination, new missions in Simororia, and a brand new reward system that will hopefully see the end of, quote, necessary task force farming, trying to get the one specific recipe you've been dying to get. Mm. The I-13 feature list explains more about that, more specifics to come. Finally, I want to tell you about two booster packs that will be available in a month or so. Many players have requested the ability to buy the 30-day temporary jetpack that comes with the new City of Heroes game cards. Mm -hmm. Once the retailer exclusive period ends next month, which is this month because he posted it in August, we are making the same jetpack available for purchase for $4.99, which is the cost difference between the one-month game and the $20 game card price. Mm -hmm. We're also excited to launch our Super Boost 1 Cyborg Pack for $9.99. This pack has an awesome set of costume pieces, emotes, auras, and a power. Hmm. We'll be sharing all of the details shortly. So thank you, players, for the enthusiastic support. I can't wait to get these new features into your hands and to answer your questions about I-13 over the coming months and at HeroCon in October. Happy hunting. Cool. So the an extra $4.99 Then you get that booster. month? Or a one-time It sounds fee. available for purchase, which is the difference between the one-month game. It sounds like one-time price to buy the jet pack. Mm, okay. And the cyborg pack, obviously, it's based like the wedding pack, mm -hmm. so special costume, special emotes. I think cyborg is... And a power. Right. I think it's more... What's the word? Would be more widely applicable to characters than the wedding pack. Yeah, I agree. Not too many people want to throw rose petals. I do. I love mine, and I'm <laughs> and I think that um, because it also includes a new aura. I think that. Well, I think we just might need to get that so that we can test it thoroughly and discuss it here on our podcast. Call it a business <laughs> expense. Wait, a hobby expense? Mm. <laughs> we gotta figure out how to claim this stuff on our taxes, babe. Yeah, I'll get, I'd happily buy the cyborg. I didn't. I never bought the wedding pack. Yeah, you myself. got it for me. Mm -hmm. We have a question for Posi from someone on the official forums. Positron, can you go into more depth about the TF merits? So Posi's response is basically: upon completing tasks in the game, task forces, trials, etc., you get an option of receiving reward merits instead of a normal reward. The number of merits is based on the difficulty of the mission, how long it takes to complete on average, etc. Thus, things like the Katie Hannon Task Force have minimal merits associated with them, and things like the Shadow Shard Task Force gets bunches. Which makes mm -hmm. sense, because Katie takes less than half an hour. Mm -hmm. Shadow Shard is like umpteen hours. <laughs> well, for the individual ones. Right, for one of them. You can then trade those merits in for specific rewards, like recipes and the like, or trade in a smaller amount for random recipes if you feel lucky. <laughs> this should allow players who want to work towards a specific reward to be able to do so, but it will most likely take longer than the random rewarding of that item generated. This should keep the value of highly desired items in the auction house, but most likely see a fall in price. People still want instant gratification, and that is what the auction house brings to those with the influence to spend. And that was a response from Posse. 
Another question is, I am really curious how the mission creator is going to prevent farming. A response from another player is, possibility number one, player-created missions aren't worth XP or recipes and instead grant non-tradable reward tokens or merits, a la Richty. Possibility two, player-created missions cost influence to run. Possibility three, hmm. player-created missions are not worth full XP, but a percentage thereof. Now, again, this is from a player. This isn't a, a red name. Mm-hmm. Possibility number four, player-created missions earn prestige instead of XP. Possibility five, player-created missions are worth XP. However, enemies in missions will not drop enhancements, salvage, or recipes. Possibility six, player-created missions grant XP on a system of diminishing returns, so it is impossible to run one or several consecutively for high rewards. Heck, I can think of a lot of ways. Posse's response to that player's response is, wow, reading that was like reliving the last six months. I need to lie down. <laughs> so it sounds like they've had a lot of discussions about it. But doesn't confirm what the restriction's no, no, going to no. be. <laughs> Posse is just like a politician, man. He can walk that line. You're not getting any info, but you think you are. <laughs> and then in response to that one, someone said, what I would really like if any of these or something similar is implemented is a system that allows the devs to mark particularly good player-created content as, quote, approved, and thus remove any restrictions on rewards while also locking the, quote, approved version against further changes. In other words, if the devs go out of their way to say, hey, yeah, that arc is cool and not abusive, it becomes like any other set of missions. Mm-hmm. Posse says, yep, we call it devs' choice. Nice. Nice. Next, we have a post from Ex Libris. Oversight with the shield power set and stalkers. In excitement of announcing the many features of I-13 Architect, we included a reference that the shield power set would also be accessible to the stalker archetype. Mm -hmm. This is actually not the case. Shields were always intended to be a melee set, but not for stalkers. Stalkers work more from the shadows, making lethal strikes to quickly overcome their targets, and the concept of doing so from behind a shield doesn't quite fit. Our apologies for any confusion. We've updated the I-13 announcement. I was going to say, that wasn't in the one that I just read. So they've already updated Yeah, because they said stalkers, brutes, tankers. They didn't... Or, I'm sorry. They said tankers, scrappers, scrappers, brutes. But they didn't say stalkers. So they already corrected that. So if anybody saw that somewhere else, that's why you didn't hear it in what I just read. Because they didn't intend for it to be stalkers. Thank you in advance for your understanding. Then announcement of Hero 1 on Mission Architect on the training room. Tomorrow, Saturday, August 30th, City of Heroes dev team member Joe Hero One Morrissey will be doing a special presentation at the show where he will talk about I-13. It will be held from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. He mm-hmm. will then log on to the training room server from the NCSoft booth starting at no later than 2.30 Pacific time and will be available to talk about what was discussed in his presentation at PAX. We anticipate he'll be on training room for up to an hour. And he was on, and we have some wonderful... We weren't able to attend because we were in the middle of a party. Literally a house full of people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we weren't able to attend, but some of our listeners posted this and some other links. From Mental Maiden, we have a transcript that was posted by someone named Super Turnip on the main forums. For supergroup bases to be announced, NPC design, something to consider, AVs and heroes in Mission Architect, true. Day jobs, player housing, negative. Custom maps not available at launch, but 1,000 maps will be. So you can't make your own custom map, but they've got 1,000 maps available to choose from. Hmm. The extent we're going to have unlockable content for architects is something we're doing to determine from testing, but some will be for sure locked. Cross-faction will be possible? True. You will be able to customize existing heroes, villains, and enemy groups with a dozen or so options, if not more, at launch. Custom text is true. All mission text is open. New Simarora content? No comment, but it's cool. So you wouldn't (laughs) talk about it. Custom-made bosses? Maybe. Ally pets? Totally in. Own character as entity and map? Maybe. Escort to object is possible. Or it says possible. Maybe I shouldn't say is possible. Mm-hmm. Mission architect location, top secret, share later. Mission architect cross server, cross game, COH and COV, which is interesting. Mm. Souvenir, temp powers, details still to announce. 
players of Mission Architect rewarded XP, influences, badges, and more. Day job quantities to be announced. Coralax story expanded equals Mission Architect. Some of these notes from Super Turnip aren't that clear. And Mental Maiden did some editing, too, to try and make it clearer. And it's mm -hmm. just still kind of like, hmm? Lady Sadako asked if players were going to determine the Coralax story based on the previous statement. Read minds. I don't know what that means. Five minutes to termination. Players will police missions, profanity filters, and more. Hero one is thankful and signing off. Stay true. Hmm. Then there is another from Skyrocket that was posted on our forums. Mm-hmm. Another transcript tried to match up Hero One's answers with the appropriate questions. So thank you, Metal Maiden, for that first one. And thank you, Skyrocket, for this one. <laughs> Honoree arrived myself. That's why it's the answers are like that, because he talks like a Richty kind of computer announcing kind of thing. Mm. Someone named Dark Lancer said, it's a Richty attack. <laughs> a player. <laughs> and then he says, Richty attack, negative, request channel, active. And then someone said, woohoo, he's using the Richty dialect. Greetings, honoree. Mission architect announced. Questions regarding I-13 are now possible. Persona active as hero one, Joe Morrissey, alive. So it's cute the way they did it. It's very, very like in-game immersive kind of thing. And I'm going to mispronounce a lot of people, character, uh, player names that were there, so I'm not going to read player names. A player says, does anyone have the lost curing wand? Lost cure is ineffective. <laughs> Somebody hmm. wanted to use it on him. <laughs> Another person asks, what are the updates to SG bases in I-13? And he says to be announced. And then let's see. I'm going to try and find something that we didn't already cover. Does it include player housing? No. Will AVs be open at first to everyone? Or is it a reward for the creators of the best missions? And he says, the extent that we're going to have unlockable content for architects is something we're going to determine from testing, but some will for sure be locked. So, okay, that makes more sense from the previous mm, one. Mm -hmm. What level of customization will be available? At first, you will be able to customize existing heroes, villains, and enemy groups with a dozen or so options, if not more, at launch. And the ally pet question. Can we include ally pets to liberate and have fight alongside us? And he says, totally in. Where will we access the mission creator, a special terminal? And he answers, access to mission architect from all viable city zones. And then he says, for further information, it's top secret, we'll share later. Is it cross-server? And he answers, cross-server, cross-game, COH, and COV. Details will still be announced about the rewards. And Lady Sadako asks, here it is, Coralax story write it ourselves and he answers reads minds i don't understand then he says five minutes of termination and that's pretty much the end of it and then we have a post from positron in the thread hero one on i13 he says this is from posi since hero one is on a well-deserved holiday and dnd tiny adventures on facebook is acting up again <laughs> i think i will take this opportunity to address several of the issues that came up from the pax information yeah i can't help it every time i hear pax i think of serenity yeah first off the fact that you're building newspaper missions is patently not true newspaper missions are randomized text with a random mission map with a single objective needed to complete it mission architect is whatever text you enter on the specific map you call, and we have over a thousand different maps in the game, with at least one objective, but more likely more, with the ability to have allied NPCs. You want to rescue statesmen in the beginning of the map and have him fight with you the rest of the way? Done. <laughs> nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, that makes our pictures with statesmen less special <laughs> in the statesman ally mission. Mm. Mm, ally. <laughs> There are even some objective types going into Mission Maker that we didn't even have access to as developers until issue 12. There are over 100 different things you can customize in the story arc, and most of those have multiple choices to pick from. Yes, you will not be able to, con to build a character and have them appear. Primarily, this is because of the way the AI handles powers. Some powers simply don't work when in the hands of the AI. Mastermind summoning is one example. One of our goals is to put the ability to take an existing enemy boss and change their costume to one you design. Since those mm -hmm. powers in AI have all been pre-programmed, this can be done without involving 
ringing Castle up at 2 a.m. to debug the AI on the guy in your custom mission. <laughs> While this is a stretch goal for launch, we want to get this ability into your hands as soon as possible, so it may not work at launch. Hmm. That's okay. Yeah. You will get XP and influence during mission architect missions. I don't believe we ever said you wouldn't. We only said that you won't get it at the same rate as normal developer design designed content. Why? Well, we have all sorts of cool stuff coming for you in upcoming issues that doesn't involve Mission Architect, and we'd like you to try that out too, rewarding you for doing so. Hmm. So you will earn XP and influence, just not at the same rate as the normal content, mm -hmm. which is cool. Gotta pay for the extra flavor. <laughs> <laughs> You get to choose what contact gives you your story arc, picking from a list of all the available contacts in the game. Eventually, you'll have the same customization options as the custom bosses. As for your limited number of story arcs, you will have a limited number of published arcs. You can have tons of unpublished arcs that you're working on that are not ready for prime time. If one of your arcs gets enough positive feedback to get into the Hall of Fame, it graduates from being one of your published arcs freeing up that slot for you to put something else in. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. We are all well aware of the customer service issues involved in the content of the missions. We have all seen the Spore Creature Creator, and we know the TTD ratio on player-created content in measured in nanoseconds. I think he meant to say is measured in nanoseconds. We have thought a lot of the angles already. Publishing a mission, getting a high rating, then pulling it down and changing the text to something inappropriate is something we take very seriously. All of the above information is what could have been gotten by people attending PAX, and I am putting it out here so you all have a better understanding of the system and our intentions with it. And then a response from someone is, thanks for the clarifications. A follow-up question, can we unpublish an ARC that isn't getting as much positive feedback as we might hope so as to free up a slot for one that might be better? And you specified that limit is for story arcs. Does that include individual missions or are individual missions not tracked by the limit? Posi replies, you can absolutely unpublish an arc you published. And a single mission is simply a story arc with one mission in it. So the one-offs do count against your arc limit. Then someone else asks, this may be a dumb moment, but if we can change the model of a specific mob, assuming we can since it's not guaranteed, just one of the goals... And assuming we can change their name, a pretty safe bet, can we also change their bio? It's not something people would immediately think about, but if I do make a, quote, custom boss by completely changing their appearance and name, I don't want their info pane to still say the mob is really just statesman or something. Mm -hmm. And Posi replies to that saying, changing the display name is one of those, quote, so obvious I forgot to mention it things. Yes, you can, even right out of the gate. You can put a Skulls boss into a mission and name him Marrow Drinker if you want. The devs have had this ability since before Alpha on COH, so it's a no-brainer to give it to you as well. He doesn't really answer the bio question, but I'm assuming he thinks he is by saying yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that was a yes for the bio too, not just the name. Another person asks, I bet the power included with the Cyborg bonus pack is the transform to freak boss permanent temp power. Not complaining, just it would make perfect sense. Castle replies to this one saying, I'll take that bet. How much are you giving me? Er, I mean wagering. <laughs> And then he says, it's a brand new power, Ooh. which is cool. I know, I want to know. <laughs> then we have someone saying to Back Alley Brawler, customizable shield designs, logos, devices, please, please, please. <laughs> mm. And Back Alley Brawler replies, shield customization will be basically identical to weapon customization. You also be able to emblazon your shield with any of the current chest emblems. Makes so you, sense. Yeah, you can customize it and make it all fanciful. I wonder if it'll it'll change when you're in SG mode too to match your SG. I don't know. If it matches what the way they would do chests, I'm guessing that would be the case. Oh, we'll see. And then Posi comments in a thread about the res the patron respect. How about a new trial? Positron's response is respecting your patron and patron powers will be similar to respecting your ancillary power pools on the hero side as possible. Mm. Another question in that thread in response to that statement is, yes, but can we get the other patron badges and do their story arcs as well? The badge censored in me has to know. <laughs> badge hound, but not hound. <laughs> mm. Posse's response is, there really is only one patron badge. It just has different flavors. 
so if you swap patron pools, your badge will change as well. No one in the game will ever have more than one patron badge because that simply cannot happen. And then we have a post from Lighthouse. If you want to check out some neat supergroup bases, then visit the Victory Server Forum in a recent player-organized base building contest. And don't forget the excellent base construction forum to discuss all your base building or join the global channel Base Builders Inc., which is all one word, B-A-S-E-B-U-I-L-D-E-R-S-I-N-C. And I actually did go and check out that thread and wow, they gave out a whole bunch of influence to different people that yeah. submitted links to their SGs and mm -hmm. pictures and stuff. And there's some really cool stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So go check that out. Woot Studios is giving away a freak show costume code. And I believe the deadline was September 18th, and we'll post a link. There was there were some requirements for contest entry, but submit your entry, I think, by the September 17th. But just go to our website and click the link, and I'll put the link in there for you so that you can earn the Freak Show costume that was given out at Comic-Con. Comic-Con, yeah. Next, we have a post from Hero One in response to the Hero One on I-13. Greetings, players. Thanks for all the feedback regarding the announcement of the Mission Architect system at PAX. It's enlightening, to say the least. <laughs> I just wanted to comment on some of the feedback given regarding my talk at PAX. For the most part, this is to alleviate some confusion regarding this feature. An arc being placed in Dev's choice is not how additional content is unlocked for architects. That's handled through straight peer review. The better your arcs, the more stuff you get to put in missions. The amount of stuff we lock or unlock is something we're going to tweak as time goes on. Dev choice missions unlock full XP and influence for an arc. Oh, cool. So if it's good enough, it actually can get full XP and influence. Mm-hmm. Or I guess not good enough, but rated high enough. There's right. a difference. Zombie Man pointed this out, but I feel it needs to be mentioned again. Voting is per account, not character. So even if everyone in your SG gives you five stars on an arc, you still have the other 100,000 plus players to balance it out, which mm -hmm. is good. You can't like muddy the water with votes. Players are rewarded for playing, creating, and rating arcs. Ooh, for playing too. Players will be able to publish somewhere around half dozen arcs up to our arc server. An arc is anywhere from one to five missions. There are a number of different categories that created content will fall into. Quick play displays the highest rated content you haven't played. Dev choice displays content that the devs feel best reflects what the mission architect can be. Hall of Fame, the best of the best, voted entirely by the players. Very cool. So it's kind of like going to YouTube and you see mm -hmm. different things that pop up on what to watch. Content that reaches the Hall of Fame level and potentially even the Dev Choice section will unlock additional arc slots for those creators. This is an incentive to create content that the players and the devs enjoy. At any point, you can unpublish your arc to free up an additional slot. Arcs that have reached the Hall of Fame or Dev Choice level will be locked, but you'll have a new slot to create another super cool arc. Nice. So once it gets to that level, you mm -hmm. can't go in there and drop in profanity or, right. you know, you're, you know mama jokes or something like that cutscenes will not be open at launch as positron says i wouldn't wish that system on anyone <laughs> so no cutscenes. <laughs> stories picked as dev choice will not become canon in our game if and i mean if that ever were to happen it would have to be a pretty big deal so just because it's dev choice doesn't mean it's part of the lore mm -hmm. of the game Players will be able to place multiple objectives within a single mission. Boss, defeat, rescue, pet, ambush, etc. They'll also be able to weave characters and story throughout multiple missions in a single arc. They can even create multiple arcs that build upon each other. Hopefully, for most, this is seen as something more than just a simple police-slash-radio mission. And now for the big one. Allowing players to add their own characters is an obvious direction to take the feature. We'd be stupid not to give it to you guys. It is, however, non-trivial to do so, especially when we start allowing those characters to use player-picked powers. Mm -hmm. So know that you will be able to do this, it just might not be at the launch of this feature. 
In the end, please know that the Mission Architect is designed to allow creative people to tell their stories, while also rewarding those who play these stories. This is the goal we push towards. In the end, it will never be everything to everyone, but it will hopefully be more than enough to more than a few. Stay mm-hmm. true, Hero One. Wow, that's a lot of info. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you guys just need to absorb that for a while. We'll give you a moment. Okay, next item. <laughs> Winter event testing on the training room. We haven't had Halloween. I know. Well, they're testing it. You know how they have to test Halloween. <laughs> yeah, early. I know. I missed it totally and completely, which is okay. I kind of like I kind of like Christmas to be a surprise, but I'm going <laughs> to give you a spoiler nonetheless. So they conducted the training on September the 4th. And here are the details. For those not familiar with the winter event, it is our annual event that runs over the winter months that celebrates snow, fun, winter sports, and themes from the season. And then they give a link to last year's 2007 winter event if you weren't a part of the game then. Everything from last year will be there, but for 2008, we have some new details. Guess what, babe? Hmm. A new ski course. Ooh. Ooh. Cool. I, I was terrible. You had to get the badges for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not built for that. The, the, the faster speed badges were really tough. <laughs> they were. Thank you. <laughs> also, new badges, new purchasable auras from the candy keeper and i printed off pictures to show you hang on three-piece universal travel io set purchasable from the candy keeper Hmm. for those who may be critical of the universal travel io set please know that they will be balanced by the fact that similar ios will be available in i13 Hmm. we're looking forward to player participation and feedback in the testing of this event and then there was some discussion afterwards that's what I'm going to put here. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to read now. And I got these from a couple of different player posts. Mm -hmm. The auras discussed on the forums include a naughty version and a nice version. They are reported to be permanent, not expiring, Mm -hmm. but permanent. And they're also purchasable with candy canes from the candy keeper. Both red and blue side have access to both the naughty and nice versions so now that you know that you can have access to both of them and you know that one's called naughty and one's called nice, here's a picture of the nice one. The halo. <laughs> wow. And for the naughty one, it's a halo but flames. Ooh. So the nice one is like a gold, like you would expect a halo, an angel's halo to look like. And then the naughty Maybe one. Their model doesn't look like an angel. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> their model looks very naughty. I know. Well, she's in white. It is white, yes. But she's scantily clad. <laughs> Bonus. Those so those cool. are the new auras. Aren't those awesome? Yeah. Must have both. The naughty looks like the one ring. <laughs> like... I know, doesn't it? It yeah. looks like the emblem from Lord of the Rings Online. Yeah. As like, hmm. <laughs> and that's it for news, but... Don't you have a special announcement, babe? We received an email. Cool. I like emails. Emails are cool. From Doom Therapy. Hey, Doom. Subject, Hero Dawn Virtue Bash. Very cool. It's a party. I like to party. <laughs> Please find attached the event flyer for the September 12th, 2008 Hero Dawn Virtue Bash. There's a nice graphic flyer that we'll, of course, put on our site. Mm-hmm. The Hero Dawn SG respectfully requests your presence, as well as a possible announcement on your podcast for said event. Done. You did a great job announcing for us before, and we'd appreciate your help this time around, too. No problem. September 12th. I think we might actually be able to attend that. Cool. Online information previously posted here with a link to the official boards, which, of course, we'll put on. That we have slightly updated information from that link. Hero Dawn Virtue Bash. Specific date, Friday, September 12th, 2008. Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay. It's going to be a three-hour event, so it's 9 to midnight Eastern. Okay. Which is 8 to 11 Central, 7 to 10 Mountain, 6 to 9 Pacific. Okay. Five-day Alaska. <laughs> On the Virtue server... 
location Galaxy City Arena in the Sapphire Room. That's the one we went to like months ago, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Global contacts are at Master Fry Yin, who will be playing the character Hopping Hottie, <laughs> <laughs> at Perp Avender, who will be playing Perp Avender. And at Hot Tamale, who will be playing Just Hot. Just Hot. That's all it is. Just Hot. <laughs> the event will be made up of three primary contests. I guess they're not all contests, but three ways to make money. Cool. <laughs> I like money. Number one is a costume contest. Make your hero represent one of the four seasons, winter, spring, summer, or fall. Ooh. First prize, 10 million influence. Second prize, five million. Third prize, two and a half million influence, which will be at 9.30 Eastern. At 10.15 Eastern, a PvP event will be offered after the judging of the costume contest has been completed. So that's why, you know, you're going to be at the arena. So yeah, they'll have various teaming for PvP plus random door prizes. I was just remembering the PvP you and I did. Oh, that's that. right. Because <laughs> that's level where, ones. That's when we showed up with our level ones and they had all the way up to 50 and we were getting our butts handed to us. That's <laughs> it was right. fun. One hit down. <laughs> and then we had our little sissy slap fight with our yeah. level ones against each other. It was so fun. Y'all really ought to go if you can. It's a good group of people. Uh, random door prizes. There will also be door prizes of 250,000 influence each to be given out at random by some of our Hero Dawn VIPs. List of donors to the event are Hop and Hottie, Purple Vendor, Just Hot, Agent Goat, Doom Therapy, and Firelance. And finally, the Cape Radio will DJ the event. DJ Phoenix kicks the event off. Be there or be square. <laughs> Bringing popular tunes from the 70s and 80s. 80s for the win. <laughs> we cordially invite all Virtue Heroes to join us inside the Galaxy City Arena Sapphire Room. To help make this event a fun-filled success. Hope you can make it to this event. All good things. Doom therapy. Okay, somebody's going to have to remind me to go to that. Because <laughs> it sounds like fun. Yeah. Chooch, remind me to go to that. Okay. Okay. I'll try. Very cool. Well, we will definitely try to be there. We will. I say we. Chooch will put a link up <laughs> on our site for this as well. And we hope to be able to go and to be able to see y'all there. Mm -hmm. Promo time. Promo time. And then we're going to do part one of the IO set feature written by. Fantastic foe. He's so fantastic. <laughs> but he's a foe. But we like him anyway. All right. BRB. The President of the United States is dead. He was murdered in the morning sunlight by a four-year-old boy. So began J.C. Hutchins' Seventh Son Patio Book Trilogy, the most popular podcast novel series in history. Last December, the trilogy concluded. The heroes were triumphant, or so we think. But now, it's time to go back and reveal moments in the Seventh Son story that were merely hinted at in the original trilogy. Welcome to Seventh Son Obsidian. J.C. Hutchins has opened up his Seventh Son universe and invited the seven biggest names in podcast fiction to chronicle a nationwide blackout that rocked America during the Seventh Son trilogy. Seventh Son Obsidian features short stories from these award-winning and nominated authors, Michael A. Stackpole, Scott Sigler, T. Morris, Murr Lafferty, Matt Wallace, Mark Yoshimoto Nemkov, and Christiana Ellis. And even more tales from these trailblazing podcast entertainers Evo Terra, Dan Class, Wichita Rutherford, George Crom, TD0013, Soccer Girl, and the cast of the radio adventures of Dr. Floyd. Obsidian also features dozens of audio and video recordings, stories of the blackout as told by its victims, created by Seventh Sun fans across the globe. On May 31st, the lights go out. America becomes a police state. 
because when the power fails, chaos reigns. Subscribe now to Seventh Son Obsidian or catch up with the original Seventh Son Trilogy experience at jchutchins.net. for the long-awaited IO set feature, part one, by Fantastic Foe. Fantastic Foe fires this off with a, an email kind of describing what we're going after here. He writes, A while ago I suggested as a possible follow-up to your IO feature that you present what IO sets to look into if you were to try and beef up a specific attribute of a character. You cleverly put the job onto me. <laughs> My boss calls that reflection, an art form perfected by Wally and Dilbert, and suggested I submit something. For my first research attempt, I decided to target movement and recovery, two aspects that are probably better improved by picking powers, but I like having options. And you can still pick stamina and swift and drop the bonuses from IO sets on top. Ignore ED. You know you want to. <laughs> but I digress. Okay, my basic goal was to look into cheap set pieces that provide a bonus very quickly, only requiring two set pieces to provide the bonus. Awesome. Here's what I found. IO set pieces for movement, in particular running speed. For comparison's sake, unenhanced sprint provides a 50% running speed boost when toggled. Unenhanced swift provides 35%. If I'm wrong in these percentages, please point it out. I'll handle the mockery as best I can. <laughs> <laughs> so he's better than we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the following IO set provides bonuses to running speed when two or more set pieces are in a power. Ranged... Okay. So first is actually where what type of power you would slot it in. Okay. And then the name of the IO. So to slot inside ranged damage, there's Maelstrom's Fury, which gives plus 3% to run. Uh, Sniper Exploit Weakness is plus 2%. Mm -hmm. Healing Regenerative Tissue, plus 4% to run. Resist Damage Aegis, plus 5% run. Hold Ghost Widow's Embrace, plus 5%. Stun uh, Stagger, plus 2%. Knockback is Kinetic Crash, plus 3% run. Hmm. Those are run specific. Here's are some that are just general movement. So okay. if they affect all movement. Uh, to slot inside a melee power would be focused smite is plus 3% movement. Under range damage, you could slot thunder strike plus 4% movement. Under pet, brilliant leadership, 2% to movement. Sleep induced coma is 3% to movement. Inside knockback, force feedback is 5% move. Endurance modification can slot performance shifter, which is a plus 5% move. To hit, Gaussian's synchronized fire controls, plus 5% to movement. And oh, another melee is kinetic combat, is a plus 5% to movement. Overall, there are enough large 4% and 5% bonuses that stacking can yield some nice results, particularly the ones to increase all movement powers by 5%. Right. Hover in particular is better when improved by 25%. That would be enhanced hover. Unenhanced hover would still be painfully slow. <laughs> so you could, if you put enough stuff on, then you could like be light speed. <laughs> you could get to the mission before like you even log in. <laughs> I don't know about before you log in, but probably before you take it from your contact. Gotcha. <laughs> I was just being crazy. Don't be silly. Yeah. <laughs> The availability of the sets vary. The latest is available at level 25, and none of the sets were prohibitively expensive mm. in that at least two recipes were relatively cheap to purchase. I admit to not delving too deeply into the economics. That's all right. The next is IO set pieces for recovery. For comparison's sake, unenhanced stamina boosts endurance recovery by 25%. The following IO sets provide recovery bonuses when two or more set pieces are in a power. And this is something that people care a lot about. Yeah. So to stick under a melee power, there is Bruising Blow, which gives a 1% uh, 
endurance recovery. Mm -hmm. Point blank AOE, cleaving blows, 1%. Range damage, thunder strike is 2%. Targeted AOE, positrons blast, 2.5%. There's three different ones that you can slot in a sniper power. Calibrated accuracy is 1%. Executioner's contract is 2%. And extreme measures is 1.5%. Two that can go into a pet power, commanding presence, 1.5%. Blood Mandate, 1.5%. Under Heals, Harmonized Healing, 1.5%. Or Miracles, 2.5%. Under Resist Damage, Steadfast Protections, 1.5%. Impervium Armor, 2.5%. Defense, Kismet, 1.5%. Defense, Gift of the Ancients, 2%. There's three for Confuse, Befuddling Auras, 1%, Cacophonies, 1%, Malaise's Illusion is 2.5%. Under Slow, you could slot Tempered Readiness, 1.5%. Under Stuns, Razzle Dazzle, 2%, and Stupefy, 2.5%. Under Flight, Soaring is 1%. Under Taunt, Triumphant Insult is 1%. Two under Endurance Modification, Adrenal Adjustment, 1%. And Energy Manipulation is 1.5%. The remaining plus recovery set IOs are all in Endurance Mod sets and require three to four set pieces. Okay. So Frankenslotting is possible and can even be combined with plus recovery bonuses from the two-piece Endurance Mod sets. Efficacy adapter, three IOs required, gives 1.5%. And performance shifter, four IOs require, gives 2.5%. Overall, there are many sets that do provide an endurance recovery boost. Sadly, the percentages are very small, and the stacking limit of no more than five bonuses can hit fast and hard. That being said, it should be relatively easy to hit plus 10% recovery, and some sets that can Frankenslot Recovery boosting set IOs should easily hit 16 to 20%. Most of the sets are relatively cheap to get at two pieces, except for the defense sets, which are usually small sets overall. These seem like small bonuses for the effort. I'd have to do an in-depth analysis to support or refute that statement, and that is beginning to seem like real work. <laughs> <laughs> In general, this might be of value to people who, despite triple-slotting stamina, still have endurance issues, or people who choose not to take the fitness path and instead maximize endurance reductions and want even more endurance relief. Mm -hmm. Beyond the sets above, there are very, very expensive purple IO sets, available only as level 50 IOs that confer 4% recovery. These sets are, under Melee, Hecatome, under Point Blank AoE, Armageddon, Targeted AoE, Ragnarok, Confuse, Coercive Persuasion, Sleep, Fortunata's Hypnosis, Immobilize, Gravitational Anchor, Stuns, Absolute Amazement, and Hold, Unbreakable Constraint. These individual sets are unique, so you couldn't stack five hecatomes. Of course, he has to pick that one. <laughs> but with time, patience, and influence, to my world. <laughs> you could, okay, depending on your build, slot five from the above list and add plus 20% to your recovery. Nice. A quick clarification on what I mean by Franken-slotting. You can't Franken-slot a power if you are slotting more than four IOs from one set. Obviously, you can 5-slot from one set, and then fill the final available slot with a set IO from a different set. Mm -hmm. That is still Franken-slotting. But it doesn't give you a bonus from the second set. Mm -hmm. What I should have said, if you want to get IO set bonuses from more than one set placed into a single power, 4 IOs is the most you can slot and still be able to slot IOs from a different set and get bonuses. Right. Since you always have to slot at least two IOs from a set to get any bonus, and of course, you only get six slots per power. Right. That might be obvious, but from the way I was saying it in my emails, that four IOs was the max for Frankenstein, and it was unclear. 
that's all for now. Hope this was somewhat useful. Yeah. Thanks again for the great podcast, Pat, a.k.a. Fantastic Foe. And thank you for the excellent feature. And Pat has sent four of these. Wow. So that's part one. And then we've got 24. So this was specifically movement and endurance. And then the other ones are targeting, you know, accuracy and other aspects. Fantastic, foe. <laughs> so in a future feature, we will do part two. Really appreciate the work you did on this. It's mm-hmm. really nice of you because this is the part of stuff that Juch hates. It's really confusing. Yeah. It's And it's a lot of research time on what exactly gives you what. Thank you. It would have been a very long time before Chooch got to writing something like this up, I think. And Pat had sent a screen capture of one of his character's bios. And then, you know, at the bottom, it shows you their... Your uh-huh, the buffs. Buffs. And the whole Set page bonuses, is sorry. just filled oh my gosh. I've <laughs> with seen, bonuses. I've seen people like that. And it's like, gosh, I just target certain bonuses. And it's usually endurance mm-hmm. and defenses and regeneration Mm -hmm. and some people really get like massive set bonuses going and i'm like (laughs) much of a difference would that make in my gameplay if i actually took the time to plot all that out Hmm. but pat's making it a lot easier for us by (laughs) telling us what to get no doubt so thank you very much we have a submitted player bio awesome in audio format cool i loves it I was an ordinary man, a man of science and politics. I had a home, a loving family. The world I grew up in had long ago lain down in its arms, and prosperity flourished all its cultures and societies. Life on my world was good, and the people upon it better. When they came, the skies were dark. They stripped my world of its security its beauty, of its vibrant vitality. They laid waste to its cities and sprawling countrysides. And in the end, the two halves of my world hurtled towards the sun. And I comforted them, the sky will darken. I will strip them of their technology and power, and when I am done, the glory of good will blaze like the sun. Now I cannot remain an ordinary man. My name is Durkin Fogg, last of the Tascovian nation. That is the bio for Durkin and in by image chaos that is so good very well done that was so cool it was like i thought it was gonna be like the intro to a movie or something <laughs> <laughs> back to dear and over oh we can't oh, hear that anymore no, that guy died yes okay but back to image chaos <laughs> excellent bio thank you very much very for cool that. nicely done chooch yes do one for me <laughs> Do it for, for my healer, the one that you wrote the bio for. <laughs> Shorten it to the appropriate length, please. And then do that. That's awesome. Okay, but you're going to have to actually do the... No, I'll read it. Okay. You do everything else and I'll okay. read it. <laughs> you know me. I'm the talent. <laughs> wow, that's really good. You have like raised the bar. I don't know if it beats the flapjack one. <laughs> flapjack was awesome. Really impressed with the submissions, guys. You guys have been doing an amazing job. Hey, I gotta say, where are my girls at? Where aren't my girls putting bios out there? Yeah. I shall lead the way. Chooch, do me a bio. <laughs> <laughs> we have another audio nugget. Awesome. Sent via email from Criswell. Hey, Criswell. Subject was Viv versus Chooch, the epic battle. <laughs> oh. In episode number, I don't know, you said that (laughs) on occasion, you two do fight. Oh, yeah. I wondered what such a fight might sound like. (laughs) 
You don't want to know. So here is my interpretation. Oh, cool. <laughs> hey, it's fair use. It's parody. Don't sue me, okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Go for it. I want to hear this. Let's see how close he is. Ladies and gentlemen, heroes and villains, in the blue corner, weighing in at 93 pounds, from the Isle of Striga, wearing the mini skirt with the slit <laughs> up the front, Vykovic. <laughs> And in the red corner, <laughs> weighing in at 152 pounds, oh, from Cap au Diable, <laughs> wearing one epaulet on his left shoulder, and nothing else, Choo Chee Choo Chee Choo! Alright, Paragon City! Uh, let's get ready to knuckle. <laughs> oh. Oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> That's exactly what our fights sound like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. LTMCism, or what is he? Ray announces them, whatever it's called. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> Ninety-three pounds. You're my favorite. <laughs> you need to come be my scale yeah. <laughs> awesome that is thank you for that as well thank you that's hilarious <laughs> okay now next time we have a fight i'm going to be hearing his voice <laughs> announcing it that's awesome <laughs> We ran out of editing time. Again. Again. Editing time fail. We're really not intentionally making this a two-part thing all the time. <laughs> no. So, that's it for this time. Next episode will be feedback and comments. <laughs> Vote. Topcow.com. Twilight Guardian. <laughs> Send us an email. PPD hard suit costume. Want. <laughs> Bye. This podcast, its hosts, and websites are not in any way affiliated with NCSoft, Cryptic Studios, or City of Heroes. All views expressed are solely of the hosts and their guests. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license, which is explained in detail at cohpodcast.com. Good hunting, heroes. <laughs>